Welcome to Becoming Unstuck, a safe place to help individuals find the tools they need to live the life they truly want. I am your host, Jordan Meyer, Trauma and Resiliency Therapist. Welcome back to the episode, everybody. I'm excited to have whoever listens to this and what we're talking about today is one that is of utmost importance in today's world. And so our topic for this week and our theme this week has been grief and mourning. And this podcast is the end of the end of the week and, and everything that we've done prepping up for it. And so in today's episode, we're going to dive into grief, into mourning, and to better understand the process and have the knowledge to be able to better handle that should we experience it. Now, let's let's be honest. Grief and mourning has so much to it that we can learn, so many nuances and so many examples that we're not going to be able to fit it in into today's episode. We just can't. We could do an entire two-hour, three-hour presentation. People spend weeks talking about everything that goes into grief and mourning and everything that encompasses it. So in today's episode, we're going to just talk about the basics. We're just going to introduce what grief is, how to understand the stages of grief, and what you might be able to do if you find yourself in any of these stages currently in your life. So in the beginning of the week, when we posted the theme, we did a definition of grief and mourning. And in a way of introduction into this episode, grief, by definition, is an individual's subjective emotional experience to loss. And mourning is going to be the process of coping with the grief over time. Now, what's interesting about grief and mourning is that as human beings... In a life that we live, grief and mourning is the one developmental task that we have in life in which we are singularly unprepared, meaning it is the one thing in life that we can experience that we cannot prepare for, despite how much we think we can or we try to, despite how much we try to brace ourselves or convince ourselves that when it actually happens, we've done the work to prepare for it. There exists a paradoxical reality that we cannot prepare for loss because as humans, death and life are the two most sought after questions to answer. And there exists a reality that death is part of life. However, as humans, it is the hardest thing for us to comprehend and understand is the loss that happens with that. Now, the other part about mourning and grief and what makes it unique to anything around it is that we seem to seldomly have good role models when it comes to grief and mourning. We may have people who demonstrate how to manage anxiety, how to manage depression. We may have gone to a therapist. We may have a life coach. We may have someone who demonstrates how to communicate and be in healthy relationships. The reality is, is that grief and mourning we're not given very good examples because the truth is that anyone who is in a grief or mourning state and situation is trying to navigate it themselves. They're trying to do everything they possibly can just to keep their head above water. The last thing on their mind is how to demonstrate it properly to somebody. And so no one ever teaches us how to mourn. Nobody teaches us how to deal with intense emotions of isolation, of chaotic thoughts, the dizziness and ups and downs. Grief can only be described as a time of craziness, when all the rules of life that govern are suspended. They go away. They don't exist anymore. The mechanisms that we use to function on a daily basis cease to exist. They are shattered and unrecognizable. And what that does is it sends you into a spiral of chaos 
and craziness that makes you actually feel as though you're going crazy. Something must be wrong with you. This should be over by now. I shouldn't be feeling this way. And one of the most powerful tools when it comes to grief and mourning is to understand why you're feeling the way you are and what you can do about it. Power is knowledge when it comes to grief and mourning and how to do it in a way that allows you to function and be part of life. Now, I want to read from you an expert in in a book. One of my favorite books that I found is When the Bell Breaks from Judith Bernstein. Um, I think that book really solidifies and clarifies a lot of, of what goes into grief. And from that book, there's an excerpt that I want to read and, and just point out. I think what stands out to me about this is just the emotion that comes through. And the expert is as this. I felt desperate. There was nobody who really understood how I felt. I was absent-minded. I was confused. There was insomnia until someone gave me a Xanax. I couldn't write. I couldn't cook. I couldn't do all the things that I loved to do. I thought that I was physically ill and started going to doctors. I had my thyroid checked. I had all these strange feelings. I was angry at my family. I was angry at my husband. I was angry at my in-laws. I was angry at all of them. I was angry for something that I didn't know I was angry for. I felt that they needed me and I was annoyed that they needed me. I didn't have anything to give. I was vacant. I was empty. I wasn't sure that I was going to live. Now this expert excerpt, excuse me, I read it because I feel like it really stands out the emotions in, in what happens with grief and the feeling that happens when somebody who is experiencing grief the hardest part of doing so is how to communicate with the people around you what's going on because oftentimes we don't have the words to actually talk about it. And so in in an effort to help you find answers for what you may be going through and maybe to share with somebody in your life that you feel like is going through this right now, I want to briefly go through and talk about the stages of grief, what goes into them and how we can uh, not prepare but find a way through them. So in the stages of grief, a lot of people know them. The actual first stage of grief is going to be something that we refer to as numbing. And what numbing is, is when an individual hears the news or receives for the first time the information of the loss, and whatever that loss is, the brain acts as a protective factor to be able to take in that information in a way that's not going to shatter the identity of the person. And so what often happens is a numbing effect in which the brain actually protects itself from this information. Now, we often experience and see this when we're hurt. If we get cut by something, we'll see a, a delayed reaction to the pain. And that's what our brain is doing is it's providing a delayed reaction to the pain that's coming. So oftentimes you will hear people's stories when they experience and heard for the first time the loss in their life. They will tell you that they went to work that day. They presumed the same things that they usually do on a daily basis. They resumed it the exact same way because they didn't know what else to do. All they knew was the pattern that they had followed. And so what happened was the, the pain had not yet sunk in into the reality that was happening. The psyche reacts in a way that it protects itself when it feels as though the information gathered is going to be too devastating or too harmful to us and the person. And so it protects us by reducing that pain by compartmentalizing and numbing it in a way. It kind of sets it to the side. Now, 
there's no way to actually avoid the pain of grief. This is a facade. It's something that our brain does. And part of the grieving process is going to be learning how to work through and actually not remain in this numbing and denial phase that happens and exists when we first are part of it. Now, while a number of people continue on with their daily task, they try to do things to change their attention and pretend that they didn't hear it or have to deal with it, there's a percentage of people as well who are going to experience it in a very different way. They may experience it more like a zombie state, more like the numbing is not a psychological but a biological part that they'll experience. So they may be catatonic. They may be zombie-like. They may be immobilized. They may be unable to get out of bed. And what's happening is that numbing effect of the grief and the pain is exacerbated and showing up and manifesting in a physical way rather than a neurological or a psycho way. Now, after this denial and numbing portion that happens in the initial stages of grief, what comes next is often the the obsessive preoccupation. It's the bargaining part that we experience or hear about. Now, this is where details of what happened may be obsessed over, uh, ways of changing, what could have been different, who can be involved. Oftentimes, you will see an individual become obsessively preoccupied with doing something in response to it. Uh, phone calls, calling officers, calling lawyers, getting to the bottom of things, trying to search for every answer possible to what could have happened or what could have gone wrong. Now, this is marked in the bargaining phase because this is the way that our brain is trying to protect us in some sort of answer to what happened. It's really difficult for our brain to understand when something happens that there's not a logical reason or Uh, answer to it. And this is what our brain tries to do. It tries to find an answer for something that is unanswerable. It tries to find a answer to a question that cannot be answered. And what this does is it leads into an obsessive nature of trying to find something that cannot be found. So learning how to work through this and learning how to recognize and notice when somebody is in this phase and then how to manage it in a way There needs to be channeled energy. There needs to be a way of adapting and reaching a a certain level of acceptance that there may not be answers to the questions. And this is one of the most difficult parts of moving forward in grief. This is oftentimes where people get stuck years and years later is that the energy, the focus, the questions are not channeled in a way that's healthy and appropriate for the person to be able to move through this stage and actually reach the next parts of where they need to be. Now, as I said, in this episode, we're not going to be able to get into everything about grief and how to understand it and how to work through it. So in that way, I'll encourage you to reach out to a professional. If you feel you or somebody in your life is in this part and needs help navigating and working through this. Now, the aspects of grief to finish out this episode is is I want to focus on more of what does it look like when somebody starts to move through that? How do you know? And the reality is, whether you're professional or whether you're a friend or whether you're family, the truth is, is that you cannot take grief from a person. You cannot push them through faster than they need to be. You cannot take their pain. The reality to the fact of grief and mourning is you have to let the person experience the pain and the grief that they're going through. Every person has a time frame in which they work through the grief. Now, there are certain factors that will allow a person to move through it quicker than others 
based on how long they are stuck in the denial and the suffering phase. But if a person can move through it, one of the worst things that we can do is assume that a person's time frame for mourning has a number attached to it. Mourning and grief do not have a time frame. They can exist as long as the person needs in order to move through it. And what allows the person to be able to move through it is that they have to let themselves feel it. There is no way around the fact that grief and mourning and pain have to be felt in order to be moved through. And if a person is able to do that, they will be able to move through it. Now, there are a few things that exacerbate this. And one of them that happens after the loss is that anniversaries, holidays, events become the hardest part of learning how to navigate and move through this. Holidays do not become the same anymore. And so a family has to work through themselves in order to figure out how they're going to navigate their own holidays moving forward and what they're going to do. Some people decide to make new traditions. Some people return to old traditions. And it's really individual to what that person and family need for themselves. The next part is that people need to not be afraid to speak about what's going on. Oftentimes, grief and mourning means that we're in a shame spiral and a guilt spiral. And so often how that manifests is a person will go internal. They will feel like it's their responsibility to deal with it themselves. They can't talk about it. They don't want to burden people. Or maybe they don't even know what to say in the first place to be able to share it. But the best thing that a person can do and research shows that a person who speaks about their grief, who speaks about their loss, are able to move through that quicker than those who don't speak about it. So the worst thing that we can do is stay silent about what's going on, keeping it inside. We need to not be ashamed to share with the world that we're hurting and that it's okay to hurt. That is how we're going to move through it. Now, the last part of grief that people don't often talk about is the grief of lost opportunity. Now, this is the part where people, they can grieve the loss of the person. They can grieve the loss of the situation. But the grief of the loss of opportunity is often where the last bit of griefing or excuse me, the working through the grief needs to take place in order for a person to heal. They need to grieve the loss of what could have been. This is often where people get stuck in the last part of it and moving towards acceptance, adapting, and moving on from their loss. Now, in the last part of the episode, I'll I'll leave you with what are the signs of healing and adapting and moving into those. And, And really what we're looking for is the amount of time spent in grief diminishes. In those grief moments, the amount of time starts to diminish and farther happens. There's farther amounts of time between grief moments and they begin to lengthen. So rather than having a shame spiral 10 times a day, we may have them once a week and then once a month and then once every six months. We're looking for larger times. Sleep habits and eating habits begin to return to normal irritability and disorganization begins to subside and return back to normalcy. Flashbacks and preoccupations begin to lessen and lessen also in frequency and intensity. Physical health returns. And then there's the last part of what we're looking for is a person learns to find a way to channel their grief and loss into something that honors and celebrates the person and the way that they want to be. Oftentimes, grief and loss stays stuck because a person becomes stuck in the obsession and preoccupation of what the loss means. 
The way of accepting and moving forward is learning how to live in a way that honors what the person stood for and who they would want to be moving forward. How do you manifest and demonstrate what it would be like for them to continue to live on in the lessons that they taught us while they were alive? Now, if any of you are struggling in your life or know someone who's personally struggling in theirs, I would encourage you to reach out, seek the help that you need. And any further questions that you have, reach out to me at jordanmeyer.cmhc. If you feel like you want to work personally one-on-one, please reach out. Come visit me at wasashfamilytherapy.com. I will see you all in the next episode. Thank you for listening. As always, if you'd enjoyed today's episode, please share with your friends and family and join me here next week. If you happen to live in the Utah Salt Lake area, please reach out for help if needed. You can find me on Instagram at jordanmeyer.cmhc. Follow me on Facebook. And remember, you can find this episode and future episodes on any podcast platform, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, and I will see y'all next week.